Welcome to the future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, principal and founder of LVG & Co., an independent strategy consultancy based in New York City. Through quick and candid conversations with innovative leaders, we aim to foster new thinking and explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Future of XYZ. I'm super excited to introduce my good friend, Gail Dizon, to talk about the future of fashion shows. Gail, welcome to Future of XYZ. Thank you, Lisa. So nice to be here. Um, well, we've been on a little hiatus um, at Future of XYZ, and we're coming back at a time when traditionally in the world in which you and I initially met um, a million trillion years ago, um, you know, uh, and when you founded Dizon Inc. in 2000, um, is Fashion Week in New York City. You know, set right after Labor Day, it usually kicks off. I'm totally disconnected from that world um, at this point. Um, so I live vicariously through the very few of you who I still keep in touch with, um, who still operate in that space, but you've all gone beyond. Um, Dizon Inc. obviously is a creative studio based in New York City. You started as a producer at KCD producing, you know, the world's biggest and best fashion shows. You guys create all sorts of fashion shows, but also just overall exceptional experiences for brands today. So I want to talk about the future of fashion shows, but also in the context of the fact that like fashion shows aren't the be all and end all that they once were, right? True. To some degree. <laughs> so so let's start there. I mean, we're talking about the future of fashion shows at this critical moment in, you know, Fashion Week, New York City. Um, but the industry has changed. What are some of those big changes overall that you've seen since founding Dizon Inc. in 2000? I would say the single most important change over the past 22 years is the advent of social media. Mm. Never existed before. Uh, when I started, and actually I started my career at Calvin Klein doing production and casting and that sort of thing. So had a little bit of an in-house, um, you know, from the designer perspective um, when I started. But, you know, before it was all about the select few that were invited to the shows. And now you're speaking to the entire world. Um, In real time. Also. Play to the entire world to some degree. So. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting because I think about it and I talk about it, you and I've talked about it, obviously, you know, when I was in the industry, which was, you know, almost nine years, and then I left to go to grad school. And a month after I left, the iPhone was introduced yeah. by a year after, you know, I wasn't planning coming back to fashion, but a year later, the entire industry had fundamentally shifted. I mean, it was a closed garden, as they say, right? It's a walled garden. Mm -hmm. Only like, you know, whatever, a few hundred people worldwide who made their migration from New York to Milan to London to Paris, you know, for the shows. I mean, Asia was burgeoning, but not really. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden you had Burberry live streaming there, that first show, Tevi mm -hmm. Gevinson and like this whole group of like young influencers sitting mm -hmm. front row. And I was like, holy cow, what just happened? And then since then, the exponentialization of that change has obviously just ramped up. Completely. Yeah. In the past, I mean, even down to like the iPhone, in the past, there were a select group of photographers that traveled the circuit and took all the photos that you saw for every fashion show and they sold them to the wires. They ran in newspapers, magazines, whatnot. Um, but now 
after the advent of the iPhone, everybody has a camera. So now one of the things that we're sort of always thinking about is how do we get people to pay attention and live the experience and not do it just through their phone? Mm. Because there is a little bit of a disconnect there. Um, you know, it's the same thing with concerts or with theater. You know, you see people or dance performances holding up their phone and you're not really experiencing what the the artists or the creators have meant it to be. Um, you know, now we also have to think about what those photos are going to look like from that perspective. So I also want to make sure that the lighting is sufficient from that angle, that, you know, if anybody's taking video, it requires a little bit more lighting, um, you know, a little more lighting thought through for the for those video clips um, because they live forever in yeah. social media. <laughs> and, you know, I want to make sure that everything that we're putting out there, anything, all the collateral surrounding the event is consistent with what the designer intended. Well, that's so, I mean, you've worked with the, some of the biggest names. I mean, I'd forgotten about the Calvin um, initial start, but I mean, between Calvin, KCD and your own company for 22 years, you've worked with some of the biggest, brightest, shiniest names in the fashion industry. I mean, you worked with people coming right out of college who are now household names like Friends of Schooler. You talked, you worked with, you know, Opening Ceremony and Peter Doe. You've worked with people like Zappos on their like luxury collection. I mean, you have quite a portfolio, Gail. But when you talk about that brand experience and kind of like curating, if you will, or controlling the 360, once upon a time going back, I, I we're looking forward, but it, it, it matters to look backwards because in a walled garden, you controlled that. The images that you said, we knew the photographers, you controlled the music, you controlled the models, you controlled the image. And it was like eight months later that stuff would hit shelf, right? Yeah. Now you're releasing into real time in every sense of that. How do you actually control a fashion show? And what is the purpose of a fashion show, in fact, at this point, if it's, it's in real time? Well, I don't think you can really control it anymore. The, the cat's out of the bag. So, you know, what we have to do is make sure that we create environments that are fully 360 in terms of um, content capture, user-generated content. So anything that a viewer is seeing, we want to make sure that that image is going to be, you know, portable enough and consistent enough with what we intended. So we think very deeply about how we lay out the space, how we incorporate lights, how we build out the set so that we make sure that every angle gives you something dynamic and something interesting to photograph. And if we create those moments for people, they tend to be drawn to them. So that's, I think, the way to do it, just with creativity and, you know, a little bit of like good old fashioned theatrics. Well, I mean, that's really, I think, um, what Diesel Inc. is known best for is is actually putting on a performance that feels really authentic and is really, I don't want to say avant-garde because avant-garde suggests something weird and esoteric, but you really do push the envelope on creativity and your team is a very broad cross-section of backgrounds. 
um, you know, people who were models and understand it from that perspective, people who are history, you know, PhDs or masters, you know, who really understand that technologists. I mean, and then you have your producers who are doing things like the music curation. And I mean, and you yourself, obviously, you have both a, a, a background in, I think you went to University of Florida for, for business, um, but you also have a women's studies background and you've been in this industry for a long time. So you really understand how to develop a brand and how to develop an experience. What are some of the elements as the fashion show changes and as the brands have to be real time, as you will in 360, what are the elements of production and creativity that are shifting that are both hard to manage, but also that you're really excited about? Well, one of the hardest things to manage is the models <laughs> and the casting. You know, it's a lot of people. It's making sure that everybody's rehearsed, making sure everybody has the consistent look, that all their nails are done, that all the clothes are perfect. Um, you know, for a traditional fashion show, well, what, what could be termed as our most traditional fashion shows are ones with models where they walk on a runway. Um, we tend to do, you know, our company really likes a unique um, walking path. We like, I like the energy that it gives to a model, um, whether it's some turns or some angles, you know, I know how their stride and how the shoes were, how they'll respond wearing those clothes in those shoes if we, make sure that the walk is a certain number of paces this way before a turn. And, you know, and if they turn and they have a bank of lights, you know, they, you can actually see their faces and, you know, they put on these sort of shields, you know, almost they're, they're actors to some degree. And if you rehearse them and brief them well enough, um, you know, hopefully you've got time to do because everything's so jammed up time-wise throughout fashion week, but, um, you know, the best moments are when everything is working in lockstep and the model timing is perfect and it, you hit the beat on the song right at the moment when, you know, the confetti pops and then all the yeah. models walk out. So it's those moments we're trying to capture because what I need is that shot of the model with the confetti and the lights going and, um, you know, and those images really sort of uh, are, are great for uh, longer term sort of impact. But the so, precision, I'm sorry, I'm going to come back to my original question, but I'm just <laughs> listening to you and I'm remembering, I mean, you know, I, I also did this for a minute during my, my fashion days um, and the precision of the live event production, especially something as, I mean, whether you were just dealing with like the Anna Winters and the Lucinda Chambers of the world, right? At front row, or if you're actually looking at, you know, the, this new world of like everyone's watching in real time, millions and millions of people, the precision of every little thing. And when you talk about the models and how they walk and where they turn and their facial expressions, like this is, it is so, so important to get every single detail right. Otherwise it really removes the benefit of this experience. I mean, are there technological elements that you're able to incorporate these days that make it more better or easier? Or in fact, is it exactly the same kind of methodology we've always been using? It's, it's kind of the same methodology. What we've done now is we create scripts and we write, you know, our runs of show um, where we're timing it down to the second. 
um, so that everything's on a stopwatch and everything needs to be matched to the music. And we've figured out exactly how long it's gonna take for that model to walk to this distance so that by the time she turns, there's another one showing up just so that we have this very consistent pacing um, if that's the decision yep. for that particular show. But um, we're kind of doing it old school. It's, but I, I do come out of this old school way of doing things. Um, where have I sort of updated with the times? I mean, I think that we've just gotten more precise in the, when I started doing this, we basically just had a handwritten list of the models and you sent them whenever they were ready. <laughs> and now it's like, there's no chance that they can't be ready. Yeah. So, um, but that being said, we also, I've been through enough of these and my team has been through enough of them where if there's a backstage mishap, like a shoe breaks or a, a dress tie comes undone, um, we can stay calm and stay focused and send the next girl and I can reorganize the, the run of show so that it's still telling the story that the designer wants, but maybe it's just a little less tweet um, for that moment. I'm, Whatever we can do that's perfect in that moment is what I- Is the best. And you have real experts working with you who know how to do this and call call it. I mean, and there are very few of you in the world who actually do this work. Um, yeah. it's, it is extremely specialized, which is why I'm really excited to be talking about the future fashion shows with you specifically. Um, I think one of the things that, I mean, I hate to say it, but like fashion's gotten kind of a bad rap. People still love fashion. It has such a major influence in the pop culture and the and the daily zeitgeist, I hate to say it. And yet fashion, I mean, between Victoria's Secret and all sorts of other things, you know, there's a, there's a bad rap, right? I mean, yeah. how, how does the industry in a changing world keep up with consumer trends and social attitudes? Well, especially one that has consistently and traditionally moved so much faster than the rest of the world you know, the way that we cycle through trends and, you know, references is at a pace that I can't, I can't um, think of another industry that does that. Yeah. Um, so that's, what's really interesting about it is that the thing that I've been seeing a lot recently, and I'm really glad to see it because it's something that I sort of secretly tried to um, champion over the past 30 years is an idea, the idea of sustainability and awareness of minimizing waste and awareness uh, about reusing materials and just being much more conscientious about those elements. And I'm so glad that there has been sort of an awakening. I mean, it's really sad because, you know, our world is heating up and there's so many issues that come with that. Um, and fashion isn't singularly responsible for that but it is a big it's a pretty big contributor it's a pretty big um you know sort of con contributor to the waste and the landfills and something that I've been really happy to see is a lot of our clients are thinking so much more about that how do they utilize materials that they can make evergreen how do they utilize um you know how do they find less wasteful ways to pack things and ship things and you know, just 
everybody's starting to think about all of these details now where from the get-go, from when I started 30 years ago, nobody thought about these things. I, well, as 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 you know well, I mean, and as my my regular listeners or viewers probably hear me bang the drum about, I mean, that's what I left passion to do was to go work in sustainability and luxury. Um, unfortunately, in 2008, when I graduated, no one was talking about that as the world was in complete free fall. Um, you know, and and we've come back and we're we're finally making some headway, which is very exciting in all sorts of different ways, whether it's circularity or just re reuse, recycle, upcycle, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, I, we started talking about beyond fashion shows, mm -hmm. right? Like these experiences of brands, they were fashion shows, they were for an elite few, and they kind of went out onto the newswire, as you said, and influenced all sorts of things. Nowadays, brand experiences go beyond the fashion show for sure. What is like kind of how do you stand out in this in this kind of ADD world where, you know, everyone wants the next coolest, hippest, whatever, and your audience is everywhere? Like, how do you stand out and how do you be world class as, as Dizon Inc. is and, and makes their clients? Well, I think one of the things is you can't try to please all of the people all of the time. So one thing that we are very focused on these days is figuring out exactly who the audience is for this moment that we're speaking to. Um, you know, because is it a press audience? Are they influencers? Are they the consumer? Are there very important clientele of the particular brand? So you have to speak to each of these constituencies a little bit differently. Um, and by honing in who your audience is and finding that right tone of voice for that audience, that's the way you stand out. Yeah. You're just not going to be able to sort of cast too wide of a net these days. It's really about staying focused on who the niche is that you're dealing with in that particular moment. So, you know, for instance, for certain brands that we've had, um, we might've had like a very sort of smaller performance with uh, four press and influencers, but then Perhaps later on, we open it up to a consumer-facing event with shopping and activities and, you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, you have to figure out how am I going to hook these people and get their interest and, you know, have this goodwill sort of, uh, you know, give us a halo effect on when they go shopping at the store and, yeah. you know, at the mall to see these products. So. Um, and and kind of, I mean, the nice thing about fashion is you talked about references. I mean, every season, and now we don't even work in seasons quite in the same way. Um, but seasons, you know, right now, what is what what is this? This should be I working on spring, spring, summer, twenty three, spring. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I always I I'm 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 glad I'm still not totally off base. Like a long <laughs> time, but long long time memory. I mean, but like the nice thing about fashion is creatively you can have actually, you can have a, the audience of like who, right? Like, are they the buyers? Are they sellers? Are they the consumer, whatever. But you can also have a different kind of feel for each mm -hmm. season based yeah. on the collection, based on the tone. Um, mm -hmm. And that just is one of the things that's so beautiful about fashion is that it is referential to arts and music and it pulls in all these different things. How does that kind of change as we look at the future of, of, of fashion shows or is it just accelerating? It's definitely accelerated. It's gotten to the point where um, we as a team have to absorb so much culture, pop culture, arts to be able to talk uh, and to be able to speak fluently with any of our clients. 
um, on any of those things. So, you know, in our in our office, we have some dancers who are skilled and knowledgeable about every dance company in the world can speak to those movements. We have other people that are very, um, you know, arts focused or theater focused or music focused or, you know, and so what I like is that we have a really nice um, sort of mix of disciplines in our office. Um, but it's it's hard. It's hard to stay on the um, cusp constantly. <laughs> it's a lot of absorbing of information and a lot of reading, a lot of watching. Um, so it's <laughs> it's a constant thing. <laughs> Well, My I, office I, was reading like it's funny because I remember that I mean and and I remember when I went to grad school and I had thought that fashion was the center of the universe because you knew so much so far in advance right mm -hmm. because you had all of this information you'd had to absorb that was eight months prior to the rest of the world knowing anything about it in yeah. order to be able to create this moment in time that would come out eight months later and and I can't actually imagine Gail to be in it today the, the feeling of always on and that the spigot just being like, you know, full, fully drenching you at any given moment in order to be able to react and, and, and create. It's not just reaction. You have to be able to curate. Um, as a final question, um, what, what is exciting you? And do you think fashion shows are here to stay? And what excites you the most going forward in the future? You know, in the, in the period a few years ago, uh, I was also asked that same question and I did an interview about it. And my feeling was fashion shows are here to stay in some iteration because they are simply the most efficient way for designers to show their collection to a large number of people simultaneously. Yeah. It, is, it is the perfect opportunity to capture still footage, motion footage, get people in a room, have the opportunity to talk about it have the opportunity to discuss your um, influences and inspiration and get up close to the fabric. Um, it's really hard to replicate. And during COVID, when everybody was sort of switching to these digital presentations or um, sending lookbooks or something like that, it was, you know, it did the job for a short amount of time. It didn't really didn't move the needle at all. It didn't, um, it didn't excite people. People are, so excited this season to get back to fashion shows. The calendar is packed. Um, it's a lot of competition for venues and talent and all of that, but um, I just, I can't see them going away. I think they'll iterate the way that um, we've been seeing over the past few years where um, it's no longer just in this one fashion week in each city. Yeah. You know, these bigger brands like the Vitons and the Fendi's and the um, Dior's are Dior. doing shows all over the world um, to their, local clientele and their super high level VICs that they'll fly out there. But, you know, those are really important branding moments for those companies because they're really getting to see the world and the, the real true setting that those brands see the, the collection in. I mean, that Vuitton show that was just at the Salk Institute in La Jolla, stunning, really stunning. Um, you know, but that's, that's the kind of thing that nobody would have ever imagined doing even 10 years ago, right. 15 years ago. And so that's why I think there, const there are always going to be shows. Um, I think people are going to 
play around with timing on them. I think people will play around with the format. You know, we've done dance performances, theater performances, straight runway. We've done video immersion, you know, interactive video, all sorts of things. And um, I've even done sets where, you know, we created a whole scene and we had people looking in through the windows as if they were voyeurs. And that was part of the experience of doing it. You know, it's like looking in this party house of kids wearing these cool t-shirts and jeans and everything. So, um, you know, how do you create these moments and experiences for people to understand what the brand's about? Um, and I think as long as we're selling clothes, you have to do that. Um, I'm hearing experience, experience, experience. Um, Gail, thank you so much for joining us today on Future of XYZ to talk about the future of fashion shows. I know uh, the weeks ahead for you are, and your team are going to be extraordinarily busy. Um, I hope you uh, have lots of caffeine and get some sleep. Um, thank you again for sharing your expertise. Thank you. So um, lovely to be here. Thank you. And for everyone uh, listening and watching, uh, check out Dizon Inc. Uh, to see their reel and their portfolio. It's super impressive uh, and to follow along. And if you don't already subscribe to Future of XYZ, make sure you do so on YouTube or wherever you get your favorite podcast. You can also follow us on Future of XYZ on Instagram uh, and visit future-of.xyz to nominate yourself or someone you know as a future guest. We're booking well into 2023 now, which seems crazy now that we're at episode 81. Um, it's... <laughs> Amazing. So I'm, I'm very happy to be back um, and look forward to all that's to come. Gail, thank you. Happy, happy Fashion Week. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Future of XYZ. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow Lisa Grelnick on LinkedIn. Visit future-of.xyz or subscribe to the Future of XYZ podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.